Welcome back. Our guest tonight is an Emmy-nominated writer, producer, actor, and the genius. Bass. Bass. I like him. If I ever miss a show, I can just bring my man Bass. <laughs> you know, cover his face up and just rock the mic. And today we welcome Dan Levy to the hot seat. Here is Dan Levy. Dan Levy. Dan Levy. Hey! Welcome to LevyCast. A thankful podcast. How are you guys? My name is Dan Levy, aka the Bass Man. So I've been told I've been I sound like Basie on the radio, if you will. And my partner today is none other than six seventy the scores, Bear Reporter, Mark Grote. How are you, Mark Grote? What's up, Danny Boy? Marky just got finished doing a uh, Bears Monday out at Hallis Hall where the coach uh, goes through what happened the day before? And now I'm home. I was gonna I was gonna talk more about it, then I realized I was gonna bore you to death if I told you more about my day. Mark, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. Hey, I just worked. Okay. Well no 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 no. I actually wanted to talk about that because it's kind of funny. Everybody who, who's anybody, whenever they meet Mark Grody, they already know who he is, or they know who he is. The, the first thing they talk about is the Bears with them, and everybody goes how lucky it is. But then when you find out what you do every day, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. Definitely not as glamorous. I, you know, like I don't take for granted that I have this job and that I do get to talk sports, and you and I both get to talk into a microphone for a living. Like It's still pretty cool. I like don't it. Get me, don't get me wrong, uh, and it is, it is a passion project too. But, yes. To your point, Danny boy, yes, there are many days that we are just grinding it out. Well, right? allow me allow me to elaborate because this... But let me elaborate first. Let me elaborate well, first. Well, let me clear my throat. <laughs> no, there's only one thing that... Because I'm going to forget if I don't get this one point in. And that is, like, there, there are many parts to our jobs that can be mundane at times. One of the... The worst things to do is what's well, good. It's good and bad. It's good and bad. Is is locker room work because that is the player's domain. It could be uncomfortable when other people are changing in front of you. Oh. Um, and it, yeah, there's just a lot of things about a locker room that's not yours that can be uncomfortable. But we do get you know some really good access in that regard to for our jobs so that's one of those things where people always want to know what it's like doing that well it's that is one of the least glamorous parts of the job actually going into locker rooms but you were gonna say dan i was gonna say this and that well actually that part does still sound glamorous except for them getting naked in front of you though the glamorous part is that you get to meet the athletes i think that's what we all yeah. go into the, the not so glamorous is that what you do on a day-to-day -day basis Every day you got to come up with minutia to go on the air with and give nuggets and you got to find something. And that means you got to sit in these press conferences and you got to grill players and coaches on the littlest things that not everybody, not everybody even actually cares about during the game, but you got to get little information out there. And then just when people are like, oh, that sounds amazing. Get to talk to coaches. Well, when you were there sitting at your family's on Thanksgiving and eating food and driving and not caring about work and watching football, 
Mark Grody was at Hallis Hall smelling athletes, smelling icy hot, and trying to ask those questions while missing a family Thanksgiving with his, his, his parents in Elgin. He had to do a nighttime Thanksgiving instead, but he had to drive up an hour to Hallis Hall to do his job, and that keeps coming. And then on Christmas, he's going to have to be at Hallis Hall. And all the best holidays and all the family stuff you think you get to do and have fun with, Mark has to be there. That's the one thing I, because I, I did a good job of not really covering a team. <laughs> I only had to go to games. I only had to really go to the yeah, games. You're, you're actually, your locker room stories are awesome. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have like a real, like there was no assignment. My assignment was to get players. I was I was paid to book a player to come on the radio. Yeah. You're, you're really going in there and getting real stuff, and you're trying to get more information. And the, the one thing I've always hated, and I've, I've actually told this to players even after they've retired, that the worst thing is, is that you'll get a player, the last person, usually it's like the running back or whoever the star of the game is. Maybe it's the – but back then it was Brian Urlacher. But I remember waiting for like running backs like Matt Forte and I think – I want to say like Thomas Jones – and they were the last guys to come out. They were the guys who did probably the most, you know, they're the most productive out of all those players. And they would literally wait till they were the very last guys in the locker room. Everybody's gone. They would sit down. They would look at everybody and they would grab one shoe. <laughs> and they would start to lay, literally lace up that shoe, as oh. in start stranding the, the strings through the holes. And then just as they get dressed, they look up at everybody, and then they walk over to the bathroom. And then we're waiting there again. <laughs> and by now, there's like 40, 50 people that are, oh. that are, that are, and we're elbowing each other. There's people that are, I mean, there's camera guys that are slapping my wrist because I, I, I have a better position than they do. And then all of a sudden, the player comes back, looks at everybody, puts on one earring at a time. Yep. And then a second area at a time. And then they put their hoodie over themselves. They go, all right, what's up? And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everybody's elbowing everybody. You got to stick your head, your microphone out there, and your arm gets so heavy and tired because players talk at a volume like this. What I saw out there today was get a lot of a uh, lot of open cuts, a lot of open holes, right, right, a lot right. of a uh, lot of lot of good things, and we got things to work on. And then just when you think they're done talking, they do this thing. They go. We got a lot of things to work on, and we'll do that next week. But after next week, it's all on to Green Bay, and then we're going to head over to the Packers, and hopefully we'll squeeze out a win, and that's what we're prepared to do. But after we do that, and then you just keep doing these run-on sentences where you see arms starting to fade out, and then they got to pop back up. Yep. I've almost clipped a player about seven times in the nose. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's the worst. Like, just imagine if you're listening right now, just take your arm, hold your arm straight out, even without a microphone in your hand for about two or three minutes, you're going to start to get a little shaky. And uh, yes. Yeah. And then when you just when you think you have a good mic position, all of a sudden there's a camera guy that'll go, hey, hey, microphone down, down, down. <laughs> and then everybody stares at you. The player stands, stares at you. And I lower it like one inch. And then I raise them back up and they start talking. And then yeah. I'm like, it is the worst feeling. And then when they're done, everybody's looking at each other like a post battle. Like there's nothing but dead bodies around. Everyone's tired and you're very angry at everybody because you were all screaming and yelling for the worst audio that you could probably got, get on the internet or the next day at a press conference. Right. And it's late and it's like, and for a lot of us, like the, the, you do the locker room work and then the real work started, whether you were writing articles or in our case, we, you know, cutting up tape, doing voice raps, 
um, all of that, getting cuts, sending in the the actual you know raw audio to the producers. It's uh, you know yeah. So these are really good, awesome gigs. I don't want to give the impression like I'm complaining. Oh no no no. We're, there, there is, it is so of, it is lot. a lot of mundane to the job, just like any job. There is mundane to it. I think that's the best way to put. Oh it. no no. I I think I've I've glamorized all the amazing things that I've done and all the the things I've been able to see and. The events. I mean, you won a World Series, you know. Oh yeah. Ring. I was at, I was at, I was in Miami for the Bears Super Bowl when Devin Hester won the distance, and then Peyton Manning won. I was I was the last one to ask Peyton Manning a question at that press conference. So that yeah. that that made me happy. I got to meet every athlete I've ever wanted to. I got to be around everybody I wanted to, all because of the job. It's just when you all of a sudden start diving into the nuts and bolts of what it really is to grind this. There's a lot of things in there. You're like, man, people don't understand this part of it. And it's work. It is work. It's not just, oh, my God, this is great. But the best part was is I still didn't have to do what you did. So I would watch you do these raps. And I would sit there at the United Center and watch them change from like the ice to the basketball court. And I would just randomly scream, and ow! And I could do it loud enough where I would scare the complete shit out of all the janitors and people sweeping up. And they get very scared. Oh, there was two ladies that didn't speak English that were that night. I remember that, that like this one vividly. You probably did it many more times. But again, folks, imagine this. We are up at the 300 level press box overlooking the United Center. Nobody in there except for the, the, you know, the people, the maintenance people, the cleaners, all those people that clean up after everybody's slop. And there's so much slop after a game, man. It really is nasty. It, like that's I, you know that's another thing like having covered the Cubs and and every team in town virtually where you where we get to see the arena after everybody's left it's just a pit it is know? disgusting for every person out there that eats a thing of nachos or has peanuts or your beer and you go you know what I'm just gonna take this and instead of throwing it out I'm gonna put it underneath my chair or underneath the person in front of me's <laughs> chair. I've seen that get mopped up, and it's gross. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the kids that are there doing stupid things with their gum or their cotton candy. You know what I mean? Like, and just the mustard and ketchup stains everywhere, and the seats are just gross. Oh, it's just, it's just awful. Absolutely. But I would describe it, I would describe it as the minute they turn the lights on at a movie theater and Chuck E. Cheese at the exact same time. Oh, that's great. That is. And it smells just like you'd imagine. (laughs) Yes, yes. But that's the scene right there. Like Dan said, I'm working for uh, WBBM at the time, so I'm doing these raps, which do take some diligence and time. And uh, (laughs) Dan's just, you know, yelling, hello. Probably, I was. I was laughing my ass off, and I was probably getting you probably just as guilty in getting you to do it louder. (laughs) And... (laughs) And then you just did it one time where you're like, like this. Huge and, it, and, and when there's nobody at the United Center and people are just working, my voice ca- ca- pretty much encapsulated the entire United Center. It sounded like a PA announcer. It ricocheted off the court. It was like Ray Clay calling Michael Jordan. It was loud. And those two ladies in the front of the press box just go, <gasps> turn around in terror. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm on the ground at that point. I'm on the ground because, you know, partly because it is funny, but also it, it's actually more funny for me because it's you and your voice can be hilarious sometimes. And I am not embarrassed and I'm literally just waving at people. Oh, <laughs> all right, Marky, we should do this because okay. there are, because it is a bear season. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a habit of trolling people. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a troll person, and, it, and I find it very easy with Bears fans. And, and I love your work. I do. And and I think you and I get a kick out that I can rile. I can rile most people these days. But there <laughs> yeah. is, there was an ex, People get really mad at you, man. They get really mad. There's an ex-sports broadcaster that's in town. I even tried to email him, see if he wanted to come on this podcast. He hasn't responded. But there are people that are very, very like on the fence of what's happening with this bear season. I'll give you my take, and then obviously people are the opposite, and you can give me your take. I'll tell you what's think. right, then. Go ahead. My take is this. When the season started, when they got new coaches and new general manager, it was put to everybody that this is kind of everybody's tryout. They're going to see what works, see what doesn't work, and they're going to start to do with the pieces from there. It's almost like a, a giant monopoly game. Everybody is playing for their position. They didn't know that if quarterback for the Bears, Justin Fields, was going to be a Bears player or not. If he was a franchise quarterback, everybody was getting tried out. First couple games... Everybody sucked. Everybody was terrible. Justin Fields, we're not sure. We're not sure. Then all of a sudden, Justin Fields went on a tear. And he has now been a chosen quarterback that everybody is drooling all over. In that same time, everybody else is still trying out. So we think Justin Fields is safe, and he probably is. In the meantime, they have been dismantling the defense, trading pieces, getting lottery picks, and doing certain things. Because of that, I my stance as a Bears fan is simply we can lose every game now. Now we can lose every single game just to see if there is a possibility of moving up a draft position. I don't really care about player development. These are professional athletes. They could develop on their own. Some most of these guys won't even they won't even be there to develop. So I don't even want to see them get chemistry with Justin Fields. And we already know what Justin Fields is going to do. If a play doesn't develop, he's going to run, he's going to be athletic, and he's probably not going to be lasting in the league too long with the kind of hits he's taking. So my thing is I don't care about the wins. This season is a wash. They already told us it's a wash. But for some reason real Bears fans and people on sports radio and different places they get very mad and they're like we should be caring about winning. It's about winning. It's about the game. It's about the winning. I'm in the camp of Stop caring this much about a professional sports team when you're an adult. If well, you're a kid, I get it. You want to see things. But as an adult, and we're all thinking with our heads what this team should do, I think you lose them all. Don't worry about it. Don't. In fact, don't even play Justin Fields the rest of the season. Let him get healthy. Let him study tape. Let him figure out how to study tape of the NFL. And then next season, you guys can build around him, get that high draft pick, and go from there. Your well, take. First, first of all, Danny boy, good stuff. I think that... Yeah, Mark, only my opinion counts on this podcast, <laughs> but go ahead. First of all, Dan, all right, you want me to be... That was way too much out of you, way you. too layered. You were all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It funnels down to one idea. Lose them all, get rid of everybody with Justin Fields and a couple of defensive guys in Claypool, and we go from there. 
Here's no. the thing, Dan. I think more people are saying that than the opposite. I know you said you're hearing like real Bears fans say they want win. That's the minority, man. At this point, most people, how can you not look at it and say like it like you you have to be thinking about draft picks at this point. The Bears are thinking that nobody can say it. It's a dirty little secret, you know? Nobody's allowed on the coaching staff to say anything like that or anybody for that matter. But at the other side to it, I've, I've had to, this is another whole topic here, Dan, and I'll get off my high horse in just a second, but for the I love of God, I, I, I forget sometimes this is me and maybe you too. Um, I am been in the business for a long time. I don't really, I, I don't carry fandom around anymore. I just don't. Um, I have you know, none. In fact, I told, I've said this before. That, well, Me being around that, the sports, I have lost 50% of my love for sports well, in general. just it. You and I are not relating to because 16, 17-year-old Mark, and actually maybe like 21 and under, that Mark wanted my team to win every fucking game every day. I I watched them to watch them win, especially when you're younger. So I, I gotta, like, I'm okay with, I'm not mad at those fans. Like, cause I, sometimes I forget I can't, that I don't relate to fans as well anymore. It sounds like you don't either, Danny boy. Not only do I not relate to fans, I don't like them. <laughs> don't I like them. And, I and I, sometimes I'll be watching. This is how much I'm starting to like sports even less these days. I'll be watching the game, and DJ will go, "Can I watch dinosaurs?" I'll just look at the game. There'll be a tie score about to go to overtime, and I go, "Let's watch Jurassic Park," and I'll just change it because <laughs> now I can just watch it on my phone. I'm like, is my fantasy team doing well? Okay, that's all that matters. Yeah, well, I haven't gotten that far, but then again, I talk a heck of a lot more. Sports. I was going to say you need to be there, but to be honest, that's the other flip of the coin: is that I have fantasy guys, and I have other guys going where there's money involved. So, at the end of yeah. the day, what the Bears do and don't do doesn't affect me. Whatever you know, whatever right. Dak Prescott does in a game affects me way more than what than what uh, Justin Fields does. Yeah, and I got to tell you, it doesn't really affect me either way. I guess my job is a little easier. Uh, and I, I stress little, a uh, little easier when a team is winning. Uh, but, you know, I don't like buy the whole thing that, that, you know, it's way easier because when a team's winning, man, access gets harder and it gets more difficult to cover teams and people become a little bit more scarce because they're entitled um, because they're winning and they have the power. You know, think about what a pain in the butt it must have been. To, <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous, man. <laughs> To cover the Bulls, man, in the nineties. Oh, I can't even imagine. That would be annoying. Oh, I, I it's awesome, like, it's, awesome, and annoying all at the same time. Sure, to be able to tell tell the tales of it and to say you did it is extraordinary, and that that is that is some like that'd be my spin if I had done it for sure. But but like on the overall, like people always say because I did, I just I missed it by a few years. Like I was you know reporting in the you know two thousand or so from chicago i think is when i first started to report from there um but and i was at the score in you know 95 too so awesome um right right dan so i yeah i don't know i don't know well i will i'll I'll make a u-turn with this one just just for it and and i'll give you time to think of it too the best time you've ever seen at a at a when you've covered something i have one event that was probably the coolest thing i saw out of everything i've ever done it was at the united center it was yeah. the night of scotty pibbins retirement his uh his jersey retirement yeah i'll never forget it because of two reasons one dennis rodman came in our radio station that day 
And it was the first time I had ever met Dennis Rodman. And the first time I met him, I opened the door for him. He came in the radio studio. And that was back in the day with like flip phones and stuff. And some people had videos on their phone. And he goes, yo, man, let me show you this. And he literally showed me a video of a naked woman with a penis getting out of <laughs> getting out of a jacuzzi. So that started my day with this. <laughs> then I go to the game itself, and it happened to be they happened to be playing against the Los Angeles Lakers, and because Phil Jackson was there. And the coolest moment I've ever seen was nothing that was ever planned. But at the end of the game, you know, we did the locker room thing. The Lakers were there. And when I got out of there, all of a sudden, people were kind of hovering around one of these other doors. And I couldn't understand why. And all of a sudden, a door opens up, and then John Paxson walked out. And then B.J. Armstrong walked out. And then Horace Grant walked out. Oh. And then Scotty Pippen walked out. Everyone's going nuts. And then behind me, Shaquille O'Neal walked out. Everyone's going nuts. Wow. And then after that, Kobe Bryant walked out. And everyone's going nuts. And then out of that second door... Michael Jordan walked out, and all of a sudden, it became like the 90s all over again, where a zillion people came out of nowhere, people were taking pictures, I got elbowed in the chest by a security guard that I knew, trying to get people out of the way, and he hit me so hard that I fell almost forward with my hand out, and as my hand came out, Michael Jordan stuck his hand out and chucked my hand. And I was like, that was the most awesome event that's ever happened. And I think I'm going to throw up because that was the hardest elbow I've ever taken in my life. It was <laughs> it was like, you know, when you're not expecting a, a hit to the chest, I mean, it takes your breath out. I mean, it was it was a hard hit. But that was yeah. just to see. I mean, there was like, you know, people's families there. There were fans there, too. Like somehow people were like more behind there, kind of like, you know, checking it out. And I've never I've always wanted to get the temperature of who's the most famous person there. And that was it. That was like prime Kobe Bryant. That was like 2004 Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal when Carmelo was there and all those guys were playing for the Lakers. And when Jordan walked out, it was I, I, I instantly transformed into like an 11 year old. It was amazing. <laughs> hey, well, one of my favorite uh, meeting somebody was when uh, I was at the United Center with and I was with a reporter friend of mine and we saw Kanye West. And I was there too. <laughs> and Dan goes, Hey, what's up, Kanye? And uh, <laughs> Kanye looks at us and he goes, What's happening, fellas? <laughs> Dude, he was so nice. He, I've, I've said this a lot. I, there's all the people that I've ever met that people have said, you know, they, they, they hate that person. I met Kanye West. He was like the sweetest guy in the world. Oh, yeah. And this is, uh, this has got to be 10 years ago, right? Easily. Easily. Actually, I still even have that picture on my phone. It's a, it's a bad picture. It's, I'm not even in it. I just snapped a pic with him in there. And this was 2011, so 11 years ago. You're right. Oh, my God. That I, so I have that picture. And it was it was quite unique. I forgot you were there with me. Yeah, man. I always tell that story to people. <laughs> oh, I just told it the other day. That I told, is... I told it on the score the other day. I was. Did you really? Yeah, I was working with Lawrence. I was working with Lawrence. Yeah. And you told him I went up to him? I think I think I have to go back and listen, man. Sometimes I forget what I say on the radio and what I say in real life. So, and I can't remember if I told him that on the radio. I got to go back. It was last Wednesday. Uh, Please do, because that's an amazing story. Yeah, I mean, to me, the story is just what I said, though. It's like you going, Kanye, what's up? <laughs> looking at us going, what's happening, fellas? <laughs> that is amazing. All right, Marky. Yeah. 
Time for a new feature on this. And again, this is the mailbag list. I do have people that will email me stuff and wanting to know certain things that we could talk about on oh. this podcast. And if you want to go ahead and send me a question for anybody listening, feel free to do so. I am at base on air on Twitter and on fa- and on Instagram and Facebook. It's just, I think it's Dan, the man levy or base on air. One of them. I'm pretty easy to Something find ridiculous like that. Something like, you know, bigjewishpenis.com or something like that. I have no idea. But I'm easy to find. You can find me anywhere. So I got two questions that are out of nowhere. Are you ready for this, Marky? Yes. This one comes from Ben in Omaha, and he wants to know, everybody's got a Taco Bell order. Whether you're drunk, stoned, or whatever else it is, everybody knows what their Taco Bell order is. They were to be dropped off and had to order something. What is your go-to order at Taco Bell? (coughs) Me, I got to be honest with you. Like, I understand what he's saying. You're right. I don't have this one locked in. I'm not a big, I'm not a frequent Taco Bell guy. But I would just say that anytime I go to Taco Bell, it's all about the, just the hard tacos, the classic hard shell. Ten of, I get, I'd get 10 tacos. That's what I'd get. Ooh, the hard shell. I, I classic hard shell tacos with one pack of sauce in each taco. I always say that the hard shell taco are delicious, but then it just takes one to bite it awkwardly, and you get that chip that goes through your gum and your tooth, and it oh, sends yeah. me to the roof every time. That is the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, but it's not a deal breaker for me. <laughs> for me, I always get that number one. It's always the Burrito Supreme, Soft Shell, soft shell Taco Supreme, and the Dr. Pepper. It is amazing. Yeah, no, that sounds good. That does sound good. I, I just can't veer from the hard shell tacos when I go there, but that's good, too. I like it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this podcast. Levy cast, short and sweet, and you do it complete. Once again, Mark Grody, thanks for coming on the uh, on the program. And if people wanted to find you, where could they find you? Uh, you can just Google me. I don't know where I am. Just Google me, Mark Grody. No, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Mark Grody Sports. <laughs> You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, too. You do have to Google me to find me on those spots. I don't know what my handle is. I was going to say, if you type in Mark Grody, you'll find the guy with 40,000 followers for every... And it's every right. little piece of Bears Nugget in the world that I... That's right. I, yeah, lo- that's right. I love what you I do my business. So, I yeah, love what you do, but it's always like, Sam Jones has a questionable toenail going in today's game. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> I have to say, your restraint on not sending smart-ass responses to me is really good. It's only because I don't see them. When I, whenever oh, okay. I see them, I'm just, and I see, you know, like Twitter's got a weird way of setting it up where I'll see a tweet from you and it's like from three days ago. And I'm like, oh, that's, that'll sound really weird if I just start talking trash from a three day ago post. Right. Plus you you don't need to open them because you're not going to be interested in them. <laughs> no, but I will give you the heart if I got to. Once again, I know my I name know. is Dan Levy, not the guy from Shit's Creek, but your favorite Dan Levy out of everybody. I can be found at base on air, B-A-S-S on air. Remember, tell your friends about the podcast. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a review, comment, share with everybody. We're just trying to be silly here. So for Mark Grody, my name is Dan Levy. You've been listening to Levy Cast. We'll talk to you soon. Later, everybody.